I'm plotting out the journey of the ship, the two voyages of the ships, okay. right? Uh, sorry, the two voyages of the ship. Yeah. Um, I actually plotted out the voyage of the pirate ship too that they encounter um, at Little Tobago, which yeah. which I believe you reached to. Um, and, and that's like a whole separate, like I have timelines for all this stuff. So that like another chart where it says, this is, and Google Maps, awesome resource. This is this far away. You can actually plot a route. So it's not just a line. You can like put all these little waypoints along and oh, you can wow. say, oh, from, from uh, like um, from Bristol to the uh, Cape Verde, I, uh, yeah, Cape Verde Islands, it's how many thousand miles. Yeah. And then you say my ship goes at an average speed of whatever knots. Therefore, it's going to take them at least this many days to get there. My fellow sophisticated creatives, welcome to JCV Art Studio from the dressing room. My name is Joanna, and sometimes I think I sound like a robot when I do that intro. I've got to switch it up, right? Um, I do have Ozzy here. He's behaving so far. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Um, today, I have children's author Trevor Atkins chatting with me. Trevor and I are going to talk about his latest book, The Day the Pirates Went Mad. And it is such a fun book. Okay. <laughs> um, Trevor's first book is The King and Queen's Banquet, a play in three acts. And besides talking about books, we're going to talk about different takes on marketing and his board game. Trevor, welcome. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Looking. I'm doing how okay. Your, how did your book launch go on the weekend there? You know, it's it went in a flash. Like it, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Like I know, like I honestly, I kept watching what the government was telling us. Okay. With, oh yeah, yeah. And um, I stuck to the, you know, followed the guidelines. And it was weird because I didn't know if at any point something would come down and I'd have to cancel it. But the best feeling I had was when I saw, and I, I mentioned her so many times, I saw my friend Carol Ann sitting, chatting with my sister, Linda. And then I saw them both kind of like little butterflies going around the room and that was so cool to see just people, people having yeah. fun, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're having a, a virtual one coming up too, so that uh, can come and hang out for that. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, looking good. forward to that. But I'm looking forward to our chat right now as well. Let's let's do this. Hit me with your questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this book, I'm going to hold it up. Mm. I hope people can see it. I've got this. I've got, I really got to do something with the lighting here. So I've got the book. Um, and the inside illustrations. Oh, God, that's awful. I'll, I'll bring it back here. Okay. I can hold up a copy if you would rather. Yeah. You've got better light. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's more. Yeah. And um, I love the, the illustrations in this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's, um, that's some amazing uh, sketching done by yeah. the illustrator there. Uh, it turned out, you know, I, I told him kind of, you know, here's a scene yeah. uh, from the book. I'd like to have a sketch that goes with it. And I drew some like, you know, chicken scratch scribbles. Yeah. And then he turned it into that. And, and it's, it's just, you know, super, super great to work with somebody like who knows their craft, right? Like if yeah. I tried to do it, it would be you know, it would be obvious that I tried to do it. But when he did it, it was just like, it looks so easily done. And, and he, but of course it wasn't, he, he's very skillful, so. <laughs> well, even like with my book, I have some illustrations in the front. And to me, it just adds. Oh, your, yeah, your motorcycles, yeah. yeah. It just yeah. adds to the book. And it's, it's almost like you feel like you're, you're getting something extra. Okay, well, like when I was looking yes. at the, right? Yeah, yeah, when I was thinking about the, the book, I mean, obviously, when you go outside of yourself to, to uh, commission uh, artwork, you should pay for it. Yeah. And uh, when you start to find out how much it is yeah. uh, to get a cover done and then to get interior illustrations done, I had in my mind at one point thinking, oh, it'd be kind of nice to have something you know, at the beginning of every chapter on the opposite page. And then, of course, I've got 24 chapters and it's yeah. kind of like, well, that's not going to work out now, is it? But uh, it really it really helps. Uh, I notice it when you read a book that doesn't have any uh, children's book, uh, you know, adult books. You know, if you get something with the uh, title, a uh, little bit of scrolling or, or scroll work or something, then, then that is nice. Yeah. But uh, in a children's book that's missing illustration, sometimes it feels like a little bit is missing from the book. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's nice yeah. to have it. Um, the guy who did the work for me on that, uh, his name is John Merchant. Okay. And uh, that's J-O-N. And uh, he, he worked on, um, uh, on my game, my board game, which you mentioned at the, at the beginning. And maybe I'm getting a little ahead of yeah. something that you're going to ask me. But uh, he worked on my board game and I just pulled that up and he, he did this. And this is how I knew that he would be able to do a cover for a pirate uh, story because this is our board game about, about pirate lore. Yeah. And it, it's a lot of questions in it about, you know, is, uh, what was the answer to this? What was the answer to that? Uh, um, like uh, certain, some of its dates, but others are like, you know, what you call somebody who's never been to sea and, and doesn't know how to sail a ship and that would be a land lover, you know, and so then you get to collect these cards. But he did this fabulous stuff and I'll show this board too because we are uh, very impressed with ourselves, uh, both of us when it comes to it. But this uh, is the board cool. that he, he did all the, uh, the uh, drawing and the graphic design of that. 
Um, cool. Yeah. So when it came a few months later, when I came to be like, well, I need a cover for my book. And uh, should I go and get somebody else or go with John, who's a known quantity? It wasn't really a question. Um, we had already sort of touched on like whether he would do that type of project or not. And definitely was in his bailiwick. And, and uh, so yeah, he, he, he nailed it on the cover. Um, the, the cover is a scene from the book. On the back of the cover, there's another scene from the book. So that was really nice to kind of get all these little pieces pulled out from the book into the artwork. And like you said, with the interior illustrations as well, yeah. um, that, that also was, was great to have that. There's a drawing of the ship in there at the back, um, things like that. Uh, you can find John if anybody is interested in that sort of thing. It's John Merchant 21 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find him on ArtStation as well. And he does uh, uh, game design artwork as well as book covers and stuff like that. So, you know, check out his portfolio and see if his style goes for it. He doesn't just do pirates. <laughs> Maybe he'd come on the podcast. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I'll, have to, I, I, I'll have to check on that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. with your, I know you had another artist previously, right? So that that's yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's always good for us who like to write to be able to connect with the people who can take those words and turn them into images. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes it's difficult for you to do everything, right? I mean, yeah. how how can you do everything for a project, especially if you're a creative person, you to specialize? So go for yeah. the experts, right? Yeah. 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 So. Your book, though, your book. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I started reading it, and it took me back to when I was a kid. Okay, and I immediately thought of Robert Louis Stevenson, Treasure oh, yeah. Island. Okay, good. <laughs> and that is when I learned that pirates need to eat apples so they don't get scurvy. Okay, right. And I'm just wondering, did Treasure Island? have a lasting effect on you because you say you like you like you liked treasure island well i i'd have to say that it is probably um not probably it is a major sort of inspiration there's a number of aspects in the story that are uh sort of tributes to the story or in memory of the story from my point of view yeah. um but also um uh y.e ellison uh, wrote a poem called derelict uh, based off of the few lines that uh, um, Robert Louis Stevenson put in his book about yo-ho-ho -ho and a bottle of rum, yeah. he took those couple of lines and expanded it into a full-blown uh, sort of ballad. I don't know, you wouldn't call it a ballad, but a poem. Yeah. And it's a pretty brutal poem about what happens to the 15 men on Dead Man's Chest and, uh, and how they all die. Yeah. And that was actually a core piece of the story. And if you look for the clues... Uh, in in the actual uh, story, you'll you can see um, where I kind of threaded that into the story. So it, okay. it sort of is mirrored into the those that description of that poem is mirrored into the story. Okay. Uh, so that's definitely an inspiration. But in my early notes, uh, and I was going to show you uh, this. I, this is how the book started. This is a mind map. Oh, oh, oh. a lot. So for the people who are just listening, there are a lot of circles and names and lines. Yeah, sorry, that's right. Yeah, I know this This isn't all always visual, yeah. is it? 
Yeah, so there's a mind map on, uh, that I made back in 2016, in November 2016. So, so that's how long this book has been in progress. It released um, earlier this year in April. Um, and I've got the, the title is Pirates Go Bad at the okay. time. That was the working title yeah. uh, instead of Go Mad or The Day They Went Mad. And, and that's uh, got a circle about the good things, the transition events and the bad things that happen. And then it's got like a spider web of things that are coming out from each of those big buckets. And that was on November 12th. And on November 12th, I, or November 13th, I had a list of all the crew okay. and, um, and things, you know, like cook, um, captain you know first mate quartermaster type thing you know loyal to the captain maybe the captains like captain hook or long john silver or the scarlet pimpernel like these yeah. are the sort of ideas like what type of person is he going to be and then i wrote down for cook uh ben gunn like a ben okay. gunn type crazy character and that actually stayed with the uh character though the cook uh became a woman uh, but she was a castaway or marooned on an island, and uh, the captain uh, picked her up, and she's been with the crew since then. But that little bit of crazy that's in Ben Gunn, you know, yeah. stay, stays with her. Um, yeah. We might see some more of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so Treasure Island definitely figured in there. Um, but I think, you know, there's, there's when you look, think about pirates, uh, Treasure Island is, is a centerpiece. Um, that maybe has gone by, uh, you know, like folks our age will be thinking about Disney's Treasure Island. I know I, I'm thinking of the 1950 uh, version that was shown on Sundays, you know, once yeah. in a while kind of thing. Um, I looked at a couple of clips of it recently, though, and I don't remember most of those people looking like that. I remember Long John Silver looking like that. But uh, Jim Hawkins, he didn't look like that. He was some <laughs> round faced kid. I mean, I thought he looked a little more lean. So I looked around to see if there's another version and I got it messed up, but no, it, it seems like that's the version. Yeah. Uh, so in my memory, time has gone by and in my memory, these characters have all kind of morphed a little bit. Yeah. And so when I was writing the story, writing my story, um, the characters that I sort of had in mind when I was paralleling them uh, or, or thinking of them for inspiration for, for the characters, I wasn't looking at that movie anymore i would yeah. I, I i know i read the book to my daughter recently uh before starting the story um and so you know we have our own mental images of all these characters yeah um, yeah i get that but I, I would say peter pan was in there um yeah. and and for me personally for the for the inspiration or for the naval side of things i read a lot of um lord ramage and midshipman belitho by uh dudley pope and Alexander Kent when I was younger, like teenage, younger teenage years kind of thing. Okay. And so that sort of naval fiction slash, you know, the, the guys who are writing it, you're writing in the real world, right? So you can't just, you know, even though their missions and things were all made up, there was still the context of history. And that's something that I wanted to do with this story as well is that uh, Emma is not uh, a fictional, uh, is not a historical character. She's a fictional character. The ship that she's on is fictional, but everything around her is is real as as I can uh, figure it out by doing okay. the research. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> you have this wonderful paragraph 
mm. in the at the end at the back of the book about working with your daughter daughter oh, on this yeah. novel. Right. And gosh, I have to say, I've said this to my husband that the father daughter relationship is really really important. Okay, <laughs> it really it it is. And um, so, can you give us an example? of the best advice your daughter gave you? Well, advice, okay. Uh, I don't know about advice per se, but she's definitely a motivating factor in the sense that, well, first of all, the, the story was written for her. Yeah. It was intended to be uh, a short story at first, like back in 2016, you know, that's yeah. five years ago. She's totally different age at that time. And so I was going to bang out a short story. We were doing those kind of things, you know, with different kinds of projects. We're looking to show her that she can have creative ideas and she can actually, uh, nowadays you can go to a platform like Etsy or Amazon, or in the case of the board games, there's things like the Game Crafter, um, in the States or print, uh, print on demand type place where you can take your idea, upload your image files, upload your text, uh, upload, you know, upload your pictures of your crafts, yeah. and then you can be selling them. Yeah. And to her, that was like a, a window into like, oh, I can do this sort of stuff too. I'm only like seven or whatever. It's like, yeah, you can do that sort of thing. Okay. And then she came up with an actual game. Uh, I know we're not supposed to be talking about more than just a book maybe, but she yeah. came up with this game about <laughs> how to teach other kids to learn uh, the bones of the skeleton in a fun way. So anyways, uh, that, that's where the first book came from. And I actually have to say, I don't remember what question you were asking me anymore. It's okay. uh, it was, how did, how did, like, did she have any sort of influence on you or it sounds like maybe. Oh the yeah. She, she was, she's heard this story read to her the, the, yeah. the day the pirates went mad. She's heard that story read to her. Like, I don't know, it must be coming up. To at least 50 times. Yeah. Uh, because she would have heard it in its initial draft state, like this mind map that I was showing you. She would have heard me telling her this I'm going to write a story about such and such. And on the third day of uh, like November 12, 13, and 14, on the 14th, I had an eight page outline with all the major um, uh, story beats in it yeah. and the, and the, a little bit of dialogue and the ending. And the ending was stuck the way that it is in the final version okay so she's heard the book basically being fleshed out yeah. over the course of all these years and yeah. she didn't like that part of it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so so yeah as far as advice goes that she was giving I mean it says it in that that blurb at one point she was like how complicated are you going to make this story yeah. because yeah. you're trying to you're telling me about all this historical stuff and about all these people and all this politics and all these events that are going on. And, and you're talking about like, Oh, maybe Emma's going to do this. And maybe this is going to happen. And she's like, how, what? No. Like where yeah. the story was the story from the beginning, keep it, keep it simple. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> but, okay. uh, but yeah, so I would say that's the best advice in sort of a criticism type way. Good. That's good. But you, so, have to, you have to remember that that probably is about two thirds of the way through uh, the four and a half years. So, yeah. you know, she's totally, uh, totally uh, good with saying that as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> what is the day the pirates went mad about? Okay. So yeah, if you want to ask that question, then I can turn around and ask you a question back. What is the 
what is the story in the sense of the events and the characters and what they go through, or what is the story in the sense of the theme or the message that's embedded within it, right? Yeah. Um, because this was intended to be an educational, um, entertainingly educational story. Okay. Um, it's not supposed to be heavy handed. And that was part of what her advice resulted in was that I, I was like, okay, I got to take out a bunch of stuff, you know, like, even though this is really cool information, nobody's going to want to read it as a story. So let me cut and cut. And then we get back down to the bones of, of, of what is the, the story about. And in the end, um, I guess you could say at the beginning, Emma is in an orphanage, um, not because her parents have died. It's not yeah. a Disney story where she yeah. has no parents and she's, you know, been orphaned at a young age. Um, but she has been placed there because her parents have been sent into a debtor's prison. Not because they did any big crimes or anything like that, but just because of the situation they got themselves into from a money point of view. They came from the country. Uh, they came to the city, you know. How does it work in the city? Uh-oh, fell in with some of the wrong people. You know, boom, you owe some people money. Guess what? They're trying to collect. So that's not very fleshed out in the stories. She, they're basically in prison uh, and she's on her own in the orphanage. Um, it didn't have to be that way. She could have gone away to sea under any kind of circumstances. But the point, part of the point was that she loses her family there. Her brothers get sent off for apprenticeship. Her parents are in prison. She doesn't get to see them. She's at an orphanage. At the beginning, the orphanage is pretty good. She's like five, six years old kind of thing. You don't want to be like giving the five, six-year-old a hard time right off yeah. the bat. But then, you know, life is the way it is. And um, and so the, the orphanage is swept with a fever and the uh, matron is uh, uh, affected. She, yeah. she gets sick and dies from it. And then, um, and then, of course, somebody else shows up and they've got a different idea of how to run the orphanage and things get bad uh, from Emma's point of view to the point where she's like thinking about, you know, I'm going to leave. Where am I going to go? How's this going to work? And she's made a friend down at the docks and, uh, and he's been teaching her stuff about uh, sailing and telling her stories about adventure and stuff. So, you know, things are getting in her head about like how grand it is out there. Yeah. Um, and so when she sees an opportunity, she stows away on a ship yeah. and heads out yeah. and uh, doesn't realize that she's on a voyage to Zanzibar on the other on the eastern side of Africa. Yeah. And uh, so the reason why that it, this story is really two different voyages um, is that the first one is to say, I don't want to tell the story so much about Emma learning to become a sailor. I want to tell the other story. The one where she goes to the West Indies and she goes with uh, her her crew that now she's got a good connection with. So they're like a found family. Yeah. Uh, she, she's kind of like, oh, I lost my family. Then I lost my adoptive situation because of the fever. And a lot of my friends died and my matron, the matron, my mother figure died as well. So now I'm on my own again. Um, and now she's with this crew and they become her her friends slash family. Yeah. Um, and so she goes with them. Uh, so that's sort of, sort of one of the main underpinnings to the story is about her um, looking for this adventure. She wants to find a place in the world. She wants to get her parents out of prison. Yeah. Uh, because it's debtor's prison, she needs money. Yeah. And she's like a kid. Where is she going to get this money from? If she goes work a job, you know, how's that going to work? She needs. So she thinks, you know, all these stories about that she's been hearing, you know, yeah. she can go find her fortune somewhere. So she thinks that maybe there's some opportunity there. And she goes off with them. 
And then um, after she does her first uh, voyage and comes back to England and then sets out uh, almost immediately for the second voyage where she's going to the West Indies, you know, the, the home of the pirates kind of thing. Yeah. So that, that sort of uh, uh, destination in mind. Um, what happens when she gets there is that they find some treasure and it's, it's got a little bit of a problem with it, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, on the description of the book, they find a cursed pirate treasure. Yeah. Um, and that's got a little bit of inspiration from, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the more modern uh, treasure island that uh, yeah. a lot more people, uh, younger people these days would be familiar with, uh, you know, treasure island probably as well, but still. And you uh, can't it, give away the ending because you know I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't give it away. But but what I was going to say was that um, the the curse is affecting the crew, yeah. and um, and Emma is put in a situation where she's losing her family again. In 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 a way, right? She feels that she feels that her family is slipping through her fingers, and she needs to save everybody. Yeah. And so that's kind of that's kind of the theme and the anti-theme that was underneath it. And like, you know, like you said, I won't give it all away. So we won't talk about like some of the, the details or the specifics of that. Yeah. But um, but it, but it's a it's a it's an introduction in a way to like this is um, I don't know. I, I, it feels like it's a beginning of a series of adventures for her. Good. And so for her to go through this sort of like quick intro to, to Zanzibar, uh, it provides, um, what do you call it, meat or fodder for further uh, future flashbacks, um, uh, backstories to some of the characters. Maybe they're going to go and do some of that stuff. Um, you know, what's the next adventure going to be? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's some ideas floating around, but but how or specifically, I have not done one of those mind maps yet. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, I am loving it. Um, and it's uh, <laughs> very nice to say like the dialogue is believable and it is so suited for the time period okay and um, you know like I've I've noted here like page seven you say sail ho called Catherine where away Mr. Bellow shouted and it, I wanted to know the research you did like did you right. find yourself sometimes just sinking into the research and then you have to well i think there, there's a couple things there but i'll yeah. tell you one book that i read again by robert louis stevenson if you want to read a book where it's written like to me anyways it felt so uh steeped in the in the the time because of the accents that were being used was his his book called kidnapped yeah. uh it's it's set in scotland and when I was reading that, I read that to my daughter. And I, after, every time I stopped, I was stuck in the voice. Okay. Like, because you got you to gotta kind of put a little bit of brogue onto it in order to say it properly. Otherwise, you're just, you know, pronouncing the letters as you see them. And that you know that that's not right. That's like yeah. saying uh, some of the, the names of, like, I was reading a book today um, uh, by Karen Atio uh, called uh, Finding Seeker. And it's got Sue St. Marie in it. And I'm reading it and I'm looking at it and going, Salt St. Marie. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Right? You got to yeah. remember to put the proper accent on it or, or, yeah. or, you know. And so that was the same thing here. It's really hard to research dialect in the sense of going back 300 years. 
office and saying, well, how did people talk? Even if you read what they've written, you know that that's not how they talk. Just as it's not how yeah. we talk when we write something like, a, um, I don't know, a proper, not like not necessarily fiction, but if we were writing something like a textbook style thing, we're going to write with proper language and we're not going to use contractions and all this kind of thing. Yeah. So what I had to rely on was other people's books um, in order to kind of uh, leverage uh, the work that has gone before kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to rely uh, sort of on the um, perce perception of how those people talk. Um, at the same time, not going as far as the movies go with yeah. the, uh, the, you know, the, what was it? Captain Blood was supposed to be the first where, where the R, Métis, yeah. you know, that type of talk and all that tone in that throat there. That's, <laughs> that's coming from, that was coming from a particular actor. And because he was yeah. so good at it, that, that became how people perceived the way pirates talked. And we still yeah. do it now. And it's just replicated and replicated onwards. So, it, it, so I looked at those books that I mentioned earlier, like um, the Ramage and the Blitho books. Uh, those are set more in the, eight, the early 1800s, though, like the turn of the, turn of the 19th century, instead of this one, which is the 18th century. So they're about 100 years apart. And that was really like when rural Britannia was becoming the thing, like the British Empire was now going around where uh, we're fighting Napoleon and, uh, you, know, we're, you know, the British uh, Navy was... A, a big force at this time they were kind of scrabbling against the, the the french and the spanish like who's going to be uh the power and yeah. uh, a lot of interesting stuff we don't need to talk about but yeah. it certainly comes up in the research and then that's yeah. where my daughter says how complicated are you going to make this let's get back <laughs> to the story yeah um, yeah so yeah so i think I think I, I did that. Plus, you, you look at uh, some things like Treasure Island, where it's definitely in the movies. It's, even in the book, it, it feels a bit overblown. Yeah. But uh, Robert Louis Stevenson was writing it in the 1800s. Uh, you know, so he's closer to the material, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, but what I did with each character, and I can show you that in my little show and tell stuff here. Yeah. Yeah, I have character sheets for all the different characters. Oh, neat. Um, and these are some sample artwork for Emma yeah. uh, at different ages. And these ones, she has not done, she's not grown to that age yet, but it's kind of like thinking down the road. Yeah. Uh, and these are just pulled from, you know, various sources. They're definitely not something that I would use in any material. I don't have rights to, to use yeah. them for purpose. But in, in here, I also have a, a list where I make a table and this is my speech delineation uh, chart. Wow. And what that is, is for me to be able to go through the dialogue in each character. And if you find anything in there, you have two choices. One, don't let me know about it so that I stay sane. Or two, tell me about it so I can fix it for other people. But then I'll probably lose my mind looking through the whole book again. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> like, do I spell it F-E-R for this character? And how many lines of dialogue does he have? Okay. Yeah. 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 No, oh, yeah. there's so much. There's so much. Yeah. yeah that goes on. Yeah. yeah. So you oh. weave. Ozzy. Somebody <laughs> has woken up. You weave. If he gets a little too carried away. I'll, I'll stop and, and let him have his piece and then we'll continue. Okay. Um, I know, I know this is the routine. But yeah. 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 <laughs> so 
you weave lessons into this book, right? Um, Emma mm. learns about slavery and it shows, I thought you did this very well because it shows up in Captain Garrett's character. Um, right. when he says he would release the slaves if they captured a ship. Uh, so, okay, having seen your dialect, okay, chart, did you plot or plan um, when you'd weave like important issues or lessons into the book? Uh, yeah, the answer to that would be no. No? Um, okay. Yeah, no. Now, what, what happened there was that um, I'm plotting out the journey of the ship, the two voyages of the ships, okay. right? Oh, uh, Sorry, the two voyages of the ship. Yeah. Um, I actually plotted out the voyage of the pirate ship too that they encounter um, at Little Tobago, which, yeah. which I believe you reached to. Um, and, and that's like a whole separate, like I have timelines for all this stuff. So that like another chart where it says, this is, and Google Maps, awesome resource. This is this far away. You can actually plot a route. So it's not just a line. You can like put all these little waypoints along and oh, you can wow. say, oh, from, from uh, like uh, from Bristol to the uh, Cape Verde, I, uh, yeah, Cape Verde Islands, it's how many thousand miles. Yeah. And then you say, my ship goes at an average speed of whatever knots. Therefore, it's going to take them at least this many days to get there. And Sounds so, like a math question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to that point, we have a teacher's guide. Uh, oh, I, I was going to mention that at the end, but we just released the teacher's guide. And, it, oh. and it's got a, a picture like here, uh, exploring a point in history. Oh, wow. Um, and, and it. It doesn't get into the math yet, yeah. but there will be a STEM uh, slash STEAM expansion to this teacher's guide where those, those type of questions will actually be in there because um, <clears throat> Emma goes, I think you've seen this too, is that one of the things that the captain teaches Emma is, or is teaching Emma and Jack, both of them, the, the cabin boy is, is solving navigation problems. Yeah. Both of them want to become captains. And this is one of their bonds is that they have this shared goal to yeah. one day captain their own ship. I mean, as anybody young person would sailing on a ship, why not? I want to be in charge too. I want to go where I want to go and with a crew and everything, right? Yeah. So that that's one of the things that, that they're bonded on and also the captain supports. And so the same with the rest of the crew. And so one of the things that they're learning from the captain is how to navigate. Uh, and he says, as one of the lessons in there is, is about independence. Um, he says something along the lines of like a good ship's captain shouldn't have to depend on others for um, what they need to know. And that's an interesting historical thing, too, because one of the famous pirates, I think it was Edward Lowe, um, he didn't know anything about navigation and he had to rely on other people to get around or they had to do what's called dead reckoning, where because they were at this place, they know that if they go 200 miles east, they're going to end up close to this other place. And then they go south by 50 miles and they'll see it, you know, that kind of okay. thing. Uh, so they weren't navigating with the stars or the longitudes and the latitudes uh, type thing. They were just like hit or missing it. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in, what they call an inf uh, a well-informed <laughs> hit or miss. It's not like they were just guessing. Um, they had their experience. But so that that's something that he's he's teaching Emma as a young person. And arguably, that's a message to whoever's reading the book as well. Um, same same with when she's uh, doing the calculations with Jack 
to do the new what's called the noon observation where they're you know where's the sun uh what's the angle therefore what latitude or, or sorry yeah what latitude we're at and um <clears throat> i think yes latitude yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be in the stem thing yeah. i'll have it figured out by then yeah. um and anyway, so so that that calculation that when you rush through your calculations, what's bound to happen? You're bound to make mistakes, and there'll be stupid mistakes or silly mistakes. And so there's a little bit in the book about how Emma was doing that, and Jack was getting the questions right more often. And they whoever lost had to clean the head of the the ship's head. Yeah. Don't want to do that job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so when she slowed down she figured out the process and then she was able to speed up again and then she was beating him in the calculations more often than not i mean they're pretty pretty tied she maybe has a little bit of an edge she's the main character you know that yeah 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 so okay. so yeah i mean weaving the let so back to your original question about the slavery thing um basically by going around africa she has no choice but to run into that yeah. Um, in the Gold Coast, in the uh, in the Niger Delta area, that was a major uh, sort of uh, concentration of that type of activity for for um, uh, coming down from Europe and then doing what's called the triangular trade, where they would take them across to the West Indies and then they pick up some good stuff and uh, like uh, materials and and uh, you know sugar and all this new stuff from from that area and take it back to England. And then they would sell it and then they go down and buy a bunch of slaves and they just keep doing this triangle. But the on the other side of Africa, they're doing exactly the same thing. They're taking and Zanzibar was a major hub for or or sort of like um, where all the slaves, not say all, you know, like yes. there are definitely, yeah. definitely other things going on, especially depending what time you're looking, time uh, frame you're looking at too. But they're pulling uh, people out of um, the, the African Great Lakes area and then taking them down to the eastern uh side of africa uh into zanzibar into stone town and then they were taking them all around that area so yeah. up into the uh um into saudi arabia area like oman and those guys and uh, yemen and then even into india and wow. um yeah so so it was you know a thing as that the, was going on and she yeah, was the ships going it. yeah yeah. Yeah. So she gets over to Zanzibar and they have these uh, parades of, you know, the people that they're they, they're bringing for sale oh. and uh, she has no choice but to encounter it. So it's, it's just one of those things um, at that time. And that was part of when I was doing that, um, it helped form Captain Garrett's character Yeah. because I wanted to make a comment on that yeah. uh, when I realized I had to in a way. Yeah. Uh, because she's going to encounter it. And so that actually goes back to Captain Garrett's backstory. Why did he leave his um, his home and, yeah. and go out to sail around himself? And so I put that in there that, well, I, I maybe I, I had it earlier than I think now, but um, uh, that one of the reasons that he left his home and a plantation, a sugar plantation yeah. in on Jamaica was that he didn't like the situation. Yeah. Um, the, the environment there. And so that kind of formed his idea that, he, and then he had other experiences after that. Um, and, and there's interesting things uh, all along that he would have encountered and that Emma has or will encounter as well. Um, there, there's like a, a statistic that comes up when people talk about 
that sort of thing with respect to the pirates. Um, when the pirates, um, like in the the, golden, the end of the golden age of pirates, like all the famous ones like Blackbeard and uh, uh, Jack Rackham and those guys, um, all the ones that you normally hear about, um, they were basically, if they took over a ship and they wanted more crew, they would say, who wants to join up? But they, you know, they maybe they had them as slaves and maybe they made them as part of the crew and maybe they had to earn their way into the crew. You know, they do a couple of things, maybe they're with them a certain period. And so one of the stats that I've come across, is, I, and I think this is right, is about 40% of Blackbeard's crew at one point were uh, freed slaves that oh, he wow. basically just, you know, or not necessarily him directly, but he ended up you know, getting this group uh, together that was, um, you know, a mixed group. And that's that's one of the good things that the pirates represented, I think, was the sort of the, the pseudo-democratic electing of uh, their their captains and the deciding where they want to go and and what they're going to do when they get there. Very brutal people. <laughs> no, no, no argument about how they live. But at the same time, they lived during a brutal time. If they were caught, they knew what was going to happen to them. Uh, if they stayed on a Navy ship and they got in trouble with the, the, the officers, they knew what was going to happen yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's it just like part of their life at that time. But of course, mm -hmm. when you're writing about that time, you can't avoid um, encountering the realities uh, yeah. that was the situation. And in fact, in one of the, the questions in the teacher's guide, I, I, I put down a question saying, like, does Captain Garrett hold any beliefs that you think were out of step with the time? Oh, and wow. are they still out of step with the time? And, you know, what should change? So yeah. like that kind of social uh, studies type question where yeah. you can, you know, examine your current day situation and say like, well, where is this still a problem Yeah, uh, or cool. not? That's cool. I want to read one of my favorite, like you, we were chatting and you were saying how there's even more scenes like this one. So I really want, if you don't oh, yeah. mind, I oh, really, so what yeah, I have to understand is I was reading this book the week leading up to the launch and the book is at the printers and I found that week the most stressful one knowing oh, it's at yeah, the printers yeah. now and there's no turning back right so for, for your for your book yeah yeah so this yeah. book okay was so much fun okay okay okay, okay. so here we go okay okay Okay. Clear for action, yes, scallywags, shouted the first mate to the tense and waiting crew, grinning ferociously. We've a fight coming to us. The crew rushed about preparing the new adventure for battle. Catherine swung down the foremast and went below, where she opened the small arms locker and started taking out weapons for the crew. Jack raced off to the captain's cabin to fetch Captain Garrett's cutlass and the captain's, whoops, and pistols. I just about read the same line, sorry. Okay. As the crew's pistols and muskets were handed up to the deck, they were loaded and stowed with the blades and pikes in the weapon racks around the base of each mast. The deck was cleared of every item not necessary for battle. Then sleeping hammocks stuffed with blankets were lashed to the protective netting strung between the shrouds, providing the gun crews a measure of cover from musket and pistol balls. 
Morgan and Emma opened the magazine and the shot locker. Get those buckets filled with powder, ordered the master gunner. And when we fire, ye get up on deck quick as ye ever have. As she began filling the copper buckets, Emma saw her hands shaking. I loved that. I love that line, by the way. I did. Because I like if you're doing something like that, yeah, your hands. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so as she began filling the copper buckets, Emma saw her hands were shaking. This isn't for practice, she told herself, feeling both scared and exhilarated. This is the real thing. While Emma was busy below, the strange sloop crossed behind the new adventure's stern and was starting up on its starboard side. As they closed the gap, angling to the fire to fire their cannons, they hoisted a black flag depicting a skull over crossed bones atop an hourglass, all in white. Pirates, declared Captain Garrett, as if we needed the confirmation. While we shall not be the easy prey they hope for, Hoist our own colors, if ye please, Mr. Bellows. Morgan, man the starboard cannons. Fire when ready. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, like I literally, I just, I, I sunk into this story and I'm just like, this is, yeah. So like I say, I'm, I am two pages away from chapter 19, counting coins. So, right. yeah. I am enjoying you know what, I, what, what I heard when you were reading that. I heard research point, research point, <laughs> research point. <laughs> like, for instance, the, the filling the buckets with powder. At some point, it's mentioned that they're copper buckets because mm -hmm. if you don't use, because otherwise there could be a risk of sparks if you're using iron or, or some other metal that they would have had. Uh, yeah. So, copper is, is for that. And also later in, in history, like, we we're talking about with the Ramage and the Blitho things, they would have been using uh, powder cartridges. Uh, so like uh, the powder would have been pre-measured in little canvas bags, but at that time they weren't. So they okay. were taking them in a scoop and they were shoving it down into the muzzle of the cannon, turning it over and pulling it out and leaving the powder behind. And that's described wow. at some point as well. But it, it's just when you were reading it, you know, like it's hard to, I think, enjoy your own book as a story um, when when you've gone through like all the editing and all the research and everything. You're you're sort of like always on the guard, like, oh, is there is that going to sound good? Is it going to sound? Yeah. It sounded pretty good when you read it, though. Good, I, good, I, I, I good. I liked good. it. That's good. That's yeah. good. So when sometimes, like I said, when I knew my book was at the printers, do you find mm -hmm. it? find it hard like letting go of your novel thinking okay no more revisions <laughs> you're laughing <laughs> oh it, it's one of those things where I don't know I think as a creative person anything that you create and maybe this is the same with your artwork as well I don't know but at some point you have to say I'm done with this project yeah. I have to move on to the next. I have other ideas. If yeah. I keep fiddling away on this project, am I creating? No, I'm I'm like I'm editing or I'm like playing around with it. I'm fiddling with it. I'm not actually doing my creative stuff. And yeah. so that starts to hurt a bit. And I really felt that in the last like I the timeline that I had for this book was was 2016, fall of 2006, November, like I said, yeah. I, I I I mapped it out. I had the 
the little sketch of all the, the, the beats, the story beats and whatnot, and the characters. Two years later, I had the first draft. Wow. Yeah. Two, two year, a year and a half after that, I had the final draft. And then six months or so of, uh, well, there was a little bit of hit and miss stuff because I was trying to finish the Pirate Pursuit game yeah. um, that year. Um, so from November-ish, November, December, but really definitely starting in January until until March, it was edit, 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 revise, edit, edit yeah. revise. Like it was, and I can't read other people's books now. With, <laughs> like it's hard because yeah. I was like, reading even like emails that I was sending people like it's all like all so tight and twisted right so yeah editing and revision is a bane and I put that in my bio it is definitely a problem for me but I also feel that I have the when I when I need to I have the inner strength to say enough is enough I know it's not perfect it's not perfect there there's probably something wrong but Please, please don't let there be a stupid, stupid yeah. mistake. I don't yeah. mind like a like, oh, that was, oh, a, you know, I made a, uh, I don't know, maybe there's a research thing where I read this and it's really that. It's like, okay, you know, what can I do? Uh, uh, it's historical fiction. Let's just yeah. leave it, right? But yeah. if there's something where it says the when it's supposed to say then, you know, like yeah. that will annoy me more. Okay, uh, see, so yeah. I'm. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I I agree. There comes a time where it's okay. This is enough. I have another creative project I want to go on to. It may not be perfect, but Deborah Purdy Kong said it perfectly when she said (laughs) it's the best uh, book I've produced in this time with this energy. I loved that when she said that. And for me, her, condi- her conditionals on it were were exact. Like that's yeah. what you want to have. It's like it's not. Oh, I did the best I could. No, no, you no. did the best you could with and in yeah, whatever yeah. context, right? Yeah. You know? And I know when I, if the first edit when I give it to Pip, the first thing I say to her is, when you read this, it's logic. It's the logic. It's the logic from A to B. Oh, yeah. Is, that's the first, that's the first round for me. Right. Yeah. And so if there's a where I'm different from you is if there's a the when it's supposed to be a then, I'm like, okay, I, that 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 won't tear me up so bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the well, big stuff. <laughs> I think if there's a logic issue, that might bug me too. As, yeah. Like. I think we talked about this on Facebook or, or in, a, in another Zoom call about the uh, ages of our characters. Yeah. Yeah. And making sure that we were on their timeline. Like if, if it's been two years, we don't call them 16 when they're now 18. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that would be really dumb of us. So, yeah. uh, you know, you've got to make sure all those kind of T's and I's are properly dealt with. And, and that's the type of stuff that that I, I guess you wouldn't necessarily call it logic per se, but it's, it's like the uh, continuity has to make sense. Yeah. Like I told you about the, the distance and the time it takes to do things right. Like in the maps, if, if my guys showed up at some place and they had to travel at twice the speed that they were typically traveling at at that time in order to make that trip, then I just broke the the story in a way. Maybe nobody will notice because 
they don't know or they haven't done the research that I've done. But if I notice that, I'm going to be like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. So I think that the logic applies a little bit there, too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I, I feel that at that point um, in January, that sort of stuff had been done. But yeah, you never know, right? Like, yeah. what if, what if? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. at some point you want to be able to move on, yeah. Um, yeah. which I guess comes to a question like that I would have for you as somebody who's written uh, the second book in a series, you haven't really moved on from the characters, right? So, no. you know, how does it feel to get that second book out there in a series with those same characters? And then what do you feel about, is there another one coming after that? And if so, is there another one after that? And so I on, you, the characters for me, and I think I put this on a Facebook post and I, it was just a gut reaction. Um, Sisters in Crime had shared when the release of Dealer's Child was happening. And I said, you know, I said, thank you for the share. And I, you know, it was just gut reaction. I said, I love these characters. And I literally feel like I'm building my little I've got my little family of characters here and believe it or not, um, having talked with my daughter about one character, she has just started street nursing. Okay. And this one character with talking with her, I could see maybe a couple of books down the road going off with her, with this other character, right. Just cause she's oh. that strong. So yeah, you know that that that's it. It's like they're a little my my little. This is gonna sound bad. I'm not crazy. They're my little imaginary family. No, know? I I, think I I would uh I would also feel the same that that if you spend enough time with them, thinking about how they think and how they react, you get to know them. And then how is that different than a real person that you think you know? Yeah. Um, and then, oh, they did something that you weren't expecting, just like yeah. maybe a real person would do, right? Yeah. And but of course, you decided to let them do it. Um, you know, in the well, real world, they just do it. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is now, I was talking with my sister Susan. She's got a book coming out, and she just had a general question about printing, and it was more of, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this. And I said, well, if you don't feel comfortable, then then do what makes you feel comfortable. Right. And I said, uh, you don't want to be like Jade in the trailer. Right. So now this is <laughs> our pet phrase. You know, she's yeah. like, yes. And hindsight, Jade showed up. <laughs> you know? So it's like just. Yeah. But OK. And before, well, I forget before you move on from that, I, I can, again, testify to that sort of thing because my daughter is so familiar with this story. Yeah. We quote pieces of the story to each other. Yes. And we also use it in context like, oh, like you just said, that's yeah. like this. Or, yeah. you know, what Captain Garrett would say about that, you know, that yeah. type of thing. So, they, yeah, it gets it gets in your blood. Right. Um, that and that is so cool. That is yeah. so cool. And before I forget, <laughs> I can't forget. We are going to have a giveaway. OK, right. Oh, we're, right, right. we're giving away one of your books. Maybe we should have said that earlier, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there will be a skill testing question. We will get it. We won't forget. I've got my, my sheets all over here. Okay. So we went on, we started talking about marketing and you're mentioning yeah. the board game. So right. I wanted to know, like I, I started with um, t-shirts, hashtag team J t-shirts. 
And right. that's to help raise money for ALS. Okay. Um, oh, you, that, have yeah. a, you have a board game. So I wanted to know, um, did you take action and the adventure from the novel and turn it into the board game or are they two separate right. entities? Okay, so I'll, I'll back up just a little bit there because we've talked about the games uh, a couple of times. So what's um, Silver Path Publishing is, is uh, sort of the umbrella organization, you could say. And underneath that, we have a, a, a sort of business unit or, you know, like to use business terms about it. That's obviously not how we think about it being like uh, homeschooling, make learning fun, you know, yeah. push, push out some games activities. Uh, it's called playgamestolearn.com with okay. the two being a number. Okay. Uh, so playgames, number two, learn.com. And between the two things with the books and the activities and the games, we've done over 20 um 20 releases of different things uh in the last two and a half almost three years now yeah um and it started with that game that i showed you at the beginning the my daughter's game called the bone game yeah uh, i was showing you from the demo copy there and because she made that game and we wanted to take it and make it sort of professional so we took it to the game crafter where, where it could be printed on demand then we took that uh, we got copies of that sent to us and we went to some kids markets and farmers markets. Uh, Tinypreneurs was uh, the going thing um, a couple of years, a few years ago now. COVID obviously has yeah. impacted people getting together. So that kind of um, sunk some of our plans for, for the last couple of years. Um, but a lot of our games are math centric and um, they're print and what's called print and play. So you just get a PDF file, you print it on your computer, cut things up, maybe glue things together to make them stiffer or whatnot. Nice. Uh, maybe you have your own dice. We have our we have dice templates for all the different uh, game dice, like 20-sided down to four-sided. Um, and you can make your own custom dice. They have blank faces. They also have numbered faces. So what we're trying to do there is that there's there are two things. One, we were, we were capturing our best um, games, things that we thought were the best of uh, the games that we came up with to learn different things. And we've got like another, easily another two dozen things that we would have done as a game that had rules and that we would have just played by ourselves and done something um, quick and, and it would have been fun and it would have, we would have highlighted something. Uh, one of the games that I can highlight easily is um, a game that called Probability Battleship. Oh, wow. And in, instead of playing battle, it's a, what's called a roll and write game. So you're rolling dice and you're marking down things on your printout. Yeah. And what you're doing there is you're rolling the dice and depending on your roll, um, you're finding a particular ship or not. So let's okay. say the aircraft carrier has six, six slots on it. So if you roll a six on your dice, then you hit the, battle, the, the aircraft carrier. If okay. you roll a two, then you hit the, the PT boat or whatever, right? The torpedo yeah. boat. Um, and so that's to introduce the concept of probability because of course it becomes harder to hit a ship as time goes by because you you finished off with say the number two and the number three, number four ships, right? And now you just need that last six and you're rolling and you're rolling and you're not getting yeah. a six, you know, what's that teaching you? It's like, well, you had lots of room before. And so you can explore with the kids uh, if you're playing this with your, your classroom or with your uh, kids that might be homeschooling that or distance learning that uh, you can introduce these concepts in a fun way 
And then when it comes up in their schoolwork later, they're like, oh, I already played this card game where we're like, how often does a face card come up? And so I sort of understand how probability works in that sense. And then I played this game with dice, so I understand that. Um, anyways, so the play games to learn side of things has a bunch of different games. Most of them are free. Most of them are print and plays. But the ones that I showed you, the, the, the bone game and the uh, pirate pursuit game, because of the idea of showing that you can make something and sell something we wanted to make it like oh look ooh, it's a it's a yeah. real board game yeah. right with a back and it's got all the like you know the players and stuff and it looks yeah. like it's off the shelf right yeah. and i just finished a, a second one related to this pirate pursuit one this one's called uh the king's pardon yeah um cool. and this and this is like got those That's famous cool. pirates in it yeah uh, like Blackbeard and those guys. And at the time in 1718, uh, Woods Rogers came from England to become the governor of uh, New Providence, Nassau, where the, all the pirates were. And he brought with him the king's pardon, saying that any pirate can turn themselves in now and you'll be your, your record will be clear. But if you don't turn yourself in by X date, yeah. uh, it's back to business as usual. And now there's a bounty on your head besides. Wow. Like if anybody turns you, it catches you, they'll collect a bounty. So they, they were doing a couple of things to try and tie up the whole pirate problem yeah. um, that technically they created. But anyway, that's a different story. Yeah. So that. they're separate then. The game is separate from the book then. I call them pirate pursuit for a couple of reasons. The first game, you're actually chasing a pirate around as a pirate hunter, so you're pursuing them. But it's also like trivia pursuit uh, okay. because you're, you're, learn you're being asked questions about pirate lore. Like okay. not necessarily facts because it's 300 years ago, so it's hard to uh, confirm a lot of things, especially about individual people. Like if you wanted yeah. to make sure that Blackbeard's last name was Teach or Thatch or Tetch or whatever, it's yeah. a little bit difficult. They didn't keep records as clearly or maybe they were lost or whatever, right? Yeah. But when it comes to certain events, you know, you can nail those down. Um, things, technology that they had, you know, there's sort of like a window of when, when did this get used? When did that get used? So there's questions about that. And there's three different levels of them, like junior and intermediate, and then okay. captain's level, like for the people that, you know, want to memorize yeah. dates and stuff. But they're definitely separate from the book. But the research is also very overlapping. So okay. it was it was kind of easy to do both. But it's like that two projects going on at the same time, both about pirates. Yeah. And then, you know, it's kind of like, oh, my God, how much pirate stuff are we doing around here? And, and honestly, my daughter's like, I don't want to hear about pirates anymore. <laughs> Okay, I've got a really cheeky question for you. So I guess, okay. where are you going to dress up for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we have some uh, pirate stuff here, and, and she was telling me I should wear it. Uh, I kind of tossed it on the floor, but, you know, it doesn't really fit. So here's my, my pirate Halloween horror, horror you know. <laughs> oh, Trevor, that's great. That is yeah. great. Uh, okay. I'll tell her at least I put it on for the yeah. podcast. That's great. But, yeah. Yeah. So so we got to kind of move on from the pirate stuff a little bit, but we still have more pirate things uh, in the works um, down the road. Um, but this year was, I, I guess it's this whole pandemic scenario, yeah. right? Like, honestly, um, at, at the beginning of 2020, uh, we came back from uh, a trip and everything got locked down yeah. and we're like, okay, 
Um, and then what are we going to do now? Yeah. Like, so, so these things got focused. It's like, okay, let's finish this. Let's finish that. And that's how I ended up coming across John on, on Twitter, uh, for, for the board game yeah. and then, uh, working on that. And that took a long time, like the, that, the artwork. And he was so good about the revisions and my pickiness. Like we were talking about the, the, the then, you know, like that level of thing in artwork where it's like, well, oh, that cannon looks like it's pointing down. Can you make it look like it's pointing more up? You know, he was really good about that. Okay. But I, yeah. I felt that I was straining the, the relationship <laughs> a little okay. bit. Uh, and so I really appreciated his, his yeah. uh, willingness to work with me on that. And then to come back and do the cover for the book and the yeah. illustrations, I guess he didn't, you know, feel it was too terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So is that are you were asking you were talking to me about my books and like right. book two is there another book involving emma um i have ideas for it uh like i think i said earlier that i i have uh ideas but no mind map i've been avoiding doing okay. it honestly i've got it's like when you go for walks and you get these ideas, you know, like, yeah. and maybe you should make a note or something about it. And I talk into my phone and those kind of things happen. And I keep walking and like, you know, have the such and such do the whatever or have yeah. them say this, try out this dialogue or whatever. Um, or maybe these two guys do this and that occurs over there. But um, <clears throat> I've been avoiding doing the mind mapping for this, but I have to say that I do have an idea in mind for it. And I, I was telling um, uh, Tamara at Western Sky Books uh, when I was in there last, I was like, do you have any sort of Boy Scouts uh, books in here or Girl Guide books? Because yeah. the next story, she's going to be in a survival situation. And I was like, you know, what kind of things might she need to do uh, or what might she already know? And, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So so there, there's the little teaser, cool. I guess you could call cool. it about that. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so we can't forget. Actually, I'm going to give the question, and then I'm going to about the question with regards to getting the giveaway, the book, and right. then I want to ask you my favorite question. Okay, right, so, right. So the question: If people want to get a free copy of the day the pirates went mad, when I had my when I did the reading. I mentioned a flag. So what I want to know is what color is the flag that is risen when I did the reading and what was on it? So that's the skill testing question to get a free, <laughs> a free book. Okay. So, okay. Trevor. They'll, they'll contact you for that. Right. And then yes. you'll let me know. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. So Trevor, Wrapping yeah. it up, favorite question. <laughs> it's 17.02. You are <laughs> stepping out of a pub. Right. Emma Sharp steps up to you. What does she say? Well, that's a good question. It would depend on, on like how, the sh what's her intention of approaching me, like as her author, like her, her writer, um or is like just somebody on the street kind of thing like me myself back then um i guess uh she would probably want to know what's happening next yeah um right now well i won't give it away but you know <laughs> yeah 
there's a bit of a, a you know winds winds are of change or blowing at, at the end there uh sort of from a global well from a european global point of view um but um yeah besides wanting to know where she's going next like what's her next adventure i mean that's sort of the tagline that's on the book is you know an and Emma Sharp Adventure kind yeah. of implies that there's going to be more than one, doesn't it? Setting yeah. myself up for an obligation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I went and got the website and everything too. So I guess I'm committed to it uh, yeah. to some extent. She'd be asking, you know, where where can I go get a such and such? You know, what's representative of this town? Uh, uh, let's say she's visiting here. That would be a big stretch at that time, 1702. Yeah. What pub would be here? I don't, I, I have not looked it up, but I don't think there would be much here. Yeah. Um, wouldn't be stepping out of a pub. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> stepping out of something else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I would say that those two things, she, you know, from a story point of view, she'd want to know like what's coming up, you know, yeah. what challenges is she going to be facing next? And, you know, is she going to have Jack's help with her or is she going to be on her own kind of thing? What's, what's, you know, when is she going to be a captain maybe? Yeah. Um, those are all sort of things that uh, would be in her, in her lineup. She definitely want to know about like her parents. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing that um, um, is next, like uh, from, from sort of her intentions and. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mentioned the, uh, that we have the website for Emma Sharp's adventures at sharp with an E in it. So Emma, E M M a sharp S H A R P E plural for the apostrophe Emma sharps adventures.com. And, um, I mean, you could just probably search for Emma sharps adventures and it might show up. I hope it shows up Yeah. Um, on there. You'll, you'll see the, uh, the links to the books on Amazon. And also if you're um, <clears throat> looking for a paperback copy, encourage you to support local independent bookstores, whether they're local to you or not. Um, so the signed copies are available through uh, Western Sky uh, books that I mentioned earlier and through Kinder Books uh, in New West. Uh, that, um, that Those are both in the greater Vancouver area but they will ship. So if you can't go, if you're not local to them and you don't want to go or you don't want to go and pick them up because, you know, of this, of the situation, uh, maybe it's getting better. Maybe it's getting worse. Who knows? We're starting the fall. Yeah. Um, but you can definitely uh, order through both of their online sites uh, and arrange for pickup or delivery. Um, the same as you would through Amazon, except, okay. uh, you know, um, it would go, it would come from a, a bookstore. The uh, any royalties that come from our books or our games uh, this year, all of it in the past, we've done a percentage, but this year, all of it, 100% of our of whatever I receive um, will be donated to the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. Mm, nice. um, okay. And the last part of your question about where to find me is that uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, trevor.atkins.author. Um, you can find that through the Emma emmasharpsadventures.com as well you know, okay. so you don't have to remember more than one thing but um, yeah. that's where I put updates and I write blogs about uh, behind the scenes so you learn like right now if you go to the website you'll see stuff about the characters you'll see some of the timeline um, leading up to the story you'll see in uh, details about the ship um, but also I do a series uh, so far two posts but it's intended to continue on called behind the line okay. and behind the line in the book so certain 
lines in the book, like when you were reading and I said, oh, I hear a bunch of research points in there. So I take pieces, a line or two from the book, and then I talk about the research behind uh, that. So like links and uh, information about what I found. And so it's kind of like a resource site. And then cool. the teacher's guide as well. Cool. If you're a teacher or a homeschooler and you want to like put the, the nail boots to your kids, <laughs> there's some... There's some tough questions in there. If they read the book, they'll know what to do. If they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Trevor, I think we're done. Oh. <laughs> I think we're done. I hope I didn't talk your ear off too much. And I hope, <laughs> hope it was uh, informative, I guess, for the purpose. Yeah. No, this, I, was, I, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> okay, Trevor. Well, we will catch you later. Hey. All right. Until okay. next time. Yeah. Bye.